Hello and welcome. My name is Geraint John and you are listening to the Voice for Voice podcast recorded exclusively for your ears. And we're in a different location at the moment, but more of that to come. I'm very well. Excited. Yeah, yeah. So we're actually in a different uh, location. It's all about locations. It's all about uh, geography today. So we're, so we're not in uh, Brixton amongst the sirens and the, uh, you know, just general noise. We're at a different location. Where are we, Will? We're in the What Three Words headquarters. Exactly. So we today, we've got a very special guest, someone who I've kind of been following for a while now, uh, full of admiration for, uh, Chris Sheldrick from What Three Words. How are you? Very well, guys. Okay. Yeah. Great uh, to see you. Yeah, just thanks so much for taking time out to come on our podcast. We really appreciate it. Pleasure. I saw you speak in Amazon, I think it was, about three three months ago. Yeah, and you did, you gave a pretty cool presentation about voice and, and your amazing company. So we thought we have to get you on the podcast. And definitely, this will be the you know final compliment now, definitely one of the most exciting technology companies to come out of the UK in recent years. And it's really nice that it's happening here and not in kind of Silicon Valley like we always see it. It's really, really good to see. So rather than me babbling on, which I do, uh, do you want to just tell us a little bit about what three words? What is it? Sure. So what three words is a global address system. And just as some background, I thought about making that because I worked for 10 years in the music business and found that professional musicians spend an awful lot of time getting lost, just trying to go from A to B every day. So that could be like when I try to get people to the back entrance of, you know, Wembley Stadium gate P49, or you're trying to get people to halfway up an Italian mountainside to the back entrance of a villa, the address never pointed to the right place. And I tried getting people to manually input the GPS coordinates for where there were no addresses, but that requires putting an eight-digit latitude and an eight-digit longitude in, which people just either don't like or bad at or just don't know where the degrees button is. So the whole idea was how do we simplify latitude and longitude? And so what we did is we divided the world into three meter by three meter squares, your 57 trillion of those around the world. And then we named each square uniquely with three words from the dictionary. So I mean something like toffee branch pyramid is the name of one of our squares. You go to the next one and it's table, chair, spoon, so on and so on, literally from up near Alaska to down near New Zealand. And you've got enough combinations of three words that you can literally get around every three meter square in the world. Oh my gosh. So that must have been one hell of a moment when you kind of thought it must have been like a bit of a eureka moment. Is it something that you've been thinking about like since you were a kid it did, or, you know, how long did the kind of journey take? So it was funny. I got annoyed with coordinates for a long time and literally had truck drivers turn up an hour north of Rome instead of an hour south of Rome. But it was only when I kind of had my annual cup of tea with my old friend Mohan, who I had known since kids. And I said to him, look, there's got to be, he's a mathematician. I was like, we've ah, got right. to find a way of distilling these 16 digits of coordinates into something much more human friendly. 
and we kind of batted the idea around of using an alphanumeric code. And then I thought, well, you know, nine characters of CZ4Q92X is sort of about as complicated. And he said, well, you know, I think we could use words. And I was like, really? Words? And on one hand, it's a bit odd having like dictionary words. Um, but then when we did the maths, basically on the back of an envelope, we found that you could, you had enough combinations in just three words to get around the world. It was like, okay, that is very simple. And I think that's what we were trying for is just let's find something which is totally simple that a child to a grandparent can use. Had we had to use four words or five words, we probably wouldn't have done it. But yeah. three words just felt so elegant that we wanted to go and, and make it. Yeah. And what I like about what three words is it makes people smile as well. When you actually explain the concept, it's a, it's positive. It's nice. And so did you actually have to like print off all the words in, in you know that exist or... Yeah, so we basically start with a big dictionary. And again, well, that was one of the first things about how many words are there in the English dictionary? And depending on who you ask, you get various answers from like 60,000 to 190,000. But we only needed uh, 40,000 um, right. to actually cover the whole world. Now, of course, there's a lot of sea as an ocean in the world. Yeah. So you only need closer to about 25,000 words to actually name every three meter square on land. Okay. So we use the kind of really complicated words only in the sea, like your dodecahedron and stuff like that. And if you're in London, you'll find a word more like table. So but yes, you do start with an English dictionary and then you go through word by word and say, yeah, I'm going to use this one and I'm not going to use this one, so on and so on. And so what languages are you currently... So we do 36 languages. So we started with English yeah. then add some, added some others. I think Spanish was second. We did a lot of the major sort of Western languages, and we've now done uh, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, Thai, Swahili, Isi Zulu, loads and loads of wonderful languages, which have been just amazingly fun yeah. to work on in one sense, and also just just great to to do them in that level of detail that we know we've made a good product for speakers of those languages. And we spoke about this earlier, but I'm Welsh, so you have to do a Welsh equivalent. Yeah, we would like to do Welsh. We need more Welsh you. supporters. But um, yeah, and then we need about 40 or 50 Welsh linguists to, uh, to help us go through the word list. But uh, it, it will get done at some point. I will help you on this. The words would be amazing. Kind of novia, uh, redeg, tavan, which is um, swim, run, pub. That's great. Which is what Welsh people tend to do. You know, they just swim, run and go to the pub. That's it. You've just named one square, uh, 56 can, point something trillion to, uh, to go. But yeah. I, but it won't be very good uh, podcast content if I just uh, randomly uh, give Welsh words. So, okay, cool. So obviously this is a voice podcast and that's kind of how I, I guess, saw you for the first time. Speaking in Amazon, super impressed, been aware of the uh, company for a while. So is voice something that you use in your life personally? So if you own an Alexa, Google Home, is it is it part of your daily routine? So yeah, I own an Alexa device. I don't use it that much at the moment for everyday things, but I guess I'm more, I think of it more in a sort of developer mindset of, of trying to work out what is possible rather than somebody who uses it day in, day out at the moment. But I think that is because the wave is now coming of the truly useful things that everybody wants to use in their everyday life. And once once you start getting to that point where you trust it to do the things yeah. you want to do, I think that that's, that's where we're going. And I think there's the new Mercedes cars, which we can talk about in, in a minute because we're built in, but that is a really elegant way because, of course, you're driving. Yeah. So it's great just seeing that when I'm doing that, I then am much readier to use voice, for example. Yeah. So I think it's, it's also thinking about what points in our life are we going to be using voice before typing. Because I think my view is that 
the net new wave of entrepreneur, in the same way that Ubers and deliveries used mobile phones as the platform to launch, my view is that the future entrepreneur will use voice potentially as a platform to help people essentially save time and money. Yeah, agree. And I think in the same way, we don't really think of ourselves as an app. No, I don't it's, think of you as It's often what no. people call us, but you know, an app is part of the suite of what we do. Yeah. We have an app, we have an API, we have an SDK, which runs offline. We have a website and we're now being integrated in wearables. And as you say, loads of voice things. It's more about building a platform and voice will continue to be an absolutely key part of yeah. that, not just for us, but for everybody, I'm sure. So what's the kind of voice journey so far? So what role does voice actually now currently play in what three words? So when we first designed the system, we made a big decision because we thought ahead to voice and how this would actually have to work for voice. So when you think of how GPS coordinates work, it's very hierarchical and sequential. And taking the example from earlier about my truck driver who mixed up a couple of GPS coordinate digits, he didn't know that he was wrong because when he mixed them up, it still said Rome and he knew he was going to Rome. Yeah. So one thing that we did, we thought, okay, so if this is going to be used for voice recognition, we have to have it so that people can't make a mistake. So when we named the squares, you'll find that we put something like table chair spoon and yeah. table chairs spoon as far away as each other as possible and ideally in different countries. So what that means is if I say something like, I'd like to book an Uber, let's say, to Table Chair Spoon, you can look at where I am in London. And then if you're unsure of what I said, of two or three options, you can go, well, probably doesn't want to get an Uber to Peru, probably doesn't want to get an Uber to Jakarta, Indonesia. He does probably want to get an Uber to London. Now, that's a very kind of high level distillation of what it is, but that was a really important design decision that we took knowing that we were going to be pushing what three words hard for the voice use case. Yeah. And I think, and I'm guessing many of the people developing for voice would agree that disambiguation is kind of like the holy grail. If you know exactly what the person meant or said, then, then it's brilliant and voice does its job perfectly. Where things get hard is when you get stuck and confused as to what people said. So I think right back at the beginning, when we made that design decision to space the similar sounding three words and put them as far away as possible, that was thinking forwards to going, how is this going to work the best for voice? And I'm really pleased that we did that because when you use what three words for voice, it just basically works every time. Yeah. And for that, I think we're seeing why people want to integrate it. Yeah, yeah, because it's a nightmare at the moment. Um, in my car, the kind of voice navigation, it just... Right, I mean, Chris, I could tell you the places that I've ended up, especially <laughs> when it's just, just totally lost, you know, so... Sure, I mean, but, I mean, they may have been intentional in some cases, but I yeah. think when you think of the problem you've got if you're a developer dealing with conventional addresses, right, these were built two centuries or three centuries ago yeah. to sort mail. If you were doing it now, and if you were building it for voice assistance, you probably wouldn't have put two roads in London, both called Victoria Road. No, you wouldn't, would you? Now, actually, there's about 34 roads in London, all called Victoria Road. Mm. So if you say, do X to um, number five Victoria Road, the voice developer can't put them all up on a screen if it's one of the you know, voice assistants with no screen. You've got to work out how on earth do I get this right first time? And basically you can't. Yeah. You've then got the problem of the homophones. So in London, you've also got Lawn Road, L-A-W-N, and Lawn Road, yeah. L-O-R-N-E. How do you distinguish between those two when somebody's talking about it? Also, you have the other problems that, with addresses that you have, not just for voice, but all forms of input, which is, well, where is that pin going to drop 
Is it going to even be on the right building? In the countryside, I can tell you where I live, it's not. And then in London, is it on the right entrance? And having this all in one simple voice interface is basically a really hard job for developers who've got to kind of take all of this old-fashioned address technology and try and deliver it into something very slick. So I think for us, we thought, look, there's an opportunity to just design the address system from the ground up, knowing that voice is coming in. And so that's why we did it like we did it. All of the words we use are unique, even across languages. So, you know, cafe doesn't appear in both the English and French list, for example. We make sure we space those similar sounding ones far away from each other because the whole way that we've designed it is about the benefit of really good, simple UX. Because I was thinking that I'm convinced that Amazon are going to bring out voice-enabled pods, which would like totally change. Because voice really works well in car, obviously, because you're out and about, it's a safety issue. But also, when we're out and about walking to the tube or walking to the shops, to have a kind of voice-enabled pod which actually works, which was integrated into what you do, would be particularly um, effective, you know? Yeah, I think that's the key. It's it's when it actually works. And that's a caveat that we've all been using for like a while now about voice assistance, because that, that is the big thing, is is has somebody built something which doesn't quite work well enough for, for everyday use yet? And and crossing that bridge, which all of the voice developers uh, are working to do. So yeah, we would love to see a world where you can always specify a three-word address when you're talking about a location. Mm. So the developers build that in as an option um, so that you get over that hurdle of does it really work? Because yes, with a three-word address, it always does. Yeah, exactly. And Amazon have um, bought some shares in Deliveroo I saw recently. So that's quite, I don't know. It's crazy. I think there's going to be some big things happening, uh, voice news soon, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think just all, all of the things that we habitually have to get the smartphone out for, yeah. for, for whether ordering some e-commerce, whether ordering food, these are all things that you can basically, or you should just be able to say very simply to a voice assistant that can understand you yeah. and then fulfill that. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure we'll see more and more consolidation between the voice assistants and all the major service providers. Yeah. Well, we ordered a wheelbarrow, didn't we, on the podcast? We did, yeah. And it arrived. So it works. Magic. Sometimes. So you touched on a disambiguation there. What other challenges have you found on your voice journey? I know there was a couple of issues around natural language processing in that the traditional systems are based around conversational flow. But when you're trying to say three completely distinct words with no connection, that's a completely different system required. That's absolutely right. And I think it's worth um, thinking about how the different voice assistant providers are actually set up and customizable. And it's funny because really everything starts with just unconnected words and then the voice assistant will often be then trying to rearrange them or think, okay, what meaning did the person have? Whereas for us, we're actually trying to undo some of that good work by saying, no, 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 The person with the three-word address is literally just saying three what will appear random words. And then a lot of the time, you just have to make sure that that voice assistant has a configuration so that if it's listening for something that could be a three-word address, that you basically have to turn the conversation understanding off so that we we really do just get the three words that the person said without it trying to make a sentence. And I think, you know, that's something which often is is the job of the, the voice assistant that we're working with to get them effectively set up with what three words. And then once it's done, it's in a very logical way for, for other people to, to then take it out. Because 
you know, that's one of the things about voice development. To us as the users, it always seems incredibly straightforward, whereas at the back end, there's this huge logic tree of if this, then that yeah. going on. And as long as at the moment of location, you're set up to hear three random words, you're absolutely fine from then what goes on from there. Cool, cool. So there's something in the news as well this week that you've done a deal with a Chinese company. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So the first people to integrate what three words for voice were Mercedes-Benz and that they put it into their new navigation system so that you can just speak yeah. and you say to the car, hey, Mercedes, navigate me to what three words, Toffee Branch when Pyramid. When was that? That was, uh, it had been over a year ago that we, that we did that announcement and the cars have now been coming onto the road with what three words in oh, for wow. over a year. And that is just brilliant. Like when you sit in the car and do it, and it just literally takes you to that three meter square. But it's it's the user experience. It's the fact that you can do it in one single shot, straight to the car, and then it takes you there. There's yeah. no kind of protracted back and forth. You know, we like, did you mean it, the one in this county or this county? It's just done in once. Now, after Mercedes, we also then got integrated into Ford cars. And so the one this week that we've announced is in China um, with a company called Boardroom. And that's going to come to the cars early next year. And because we've just developed what three words in Chinese, it'll, of course, be available in those cars in Chinese. So that must be Mm. one hell of a mission then to get what three words in Chinese. How long does that take? It took us longer than a lot of the other languages. Um, There's quite a few particularities to the ways that Chinese work, both in the way it's written and the way it's spoken. And you have to sort of accommodate for the different ways of different speakers around China might, might do it. We do have similar sort of challenges with other languages that we've done, but once you work out what the best word list is for the particular way that you know it's going to be done by voice, at least it's then done. Yeah. Because then uh, the word list is built and, and on you go. But and you've got a blueprint because, you, you know, do you yeah. know what I mean? It's the... But it, it was mega interesting to, to do it, but the end result is that it just works impeccably yeah. well. Yeah. And we're pretty excited about China. Saw some really lovely content you put on LinkedIn about emergency services as well, finding people using what three words, just amazing, really, you know? Yeah, I mean, emergency services is still, even in 2019, um, very voice driven. If you think about it, you know, it's you dial 999 and you talk to someone and still these days you are unable to share your current location electronically um, over a voice call. And so people are still saying, you know, if you need an ambulance or a a fire truck, you know, where are you? And you're back to, well, it's kind of past the hedge on the left, you know, especially if you're in a rural location, which a lot of people are in those uh, scenarios. So a lot of the emergency services organizations throughout the UK have been suggesting to people, look, give us a three-word address because we're set up to receive it. And we will then know where you are. And it's amazing to have that kind of support and just to hear the stories coming in. I know, because I saw it on your Mm. LinkedIn and it's just, did you ever think for one second when you were creating this company that it would actually, because essentially you're not being too cheesy here, you're saving lives, aren't you? You I think when we had the idea, we we saw that potential and you have the ambition to get there. Doesn't stop it being massively heartwarming the first time you hear that a fire was put out. That was the first one. It was literally a, a fire in Hertfordshire which happens to be my home county. So you kind of feel wow. extra mm. connected How do they let to you it. Know? They literally put it on Twitter. Um, so, you know, we, we just saw it come in and we're like, wow, what three words have been used Amazing. to put a fire out? And and somebody communicated a three meter square. And that was that. And from then, word spreads in that community pretty fast. And we're now working up and down the country across all of the emergency services. So just in the UK or are we going to... 
go global with emergency services? So we've had loads of inquiries from people abroad as well. Um, it's one of those things that we're literally trying to just find the time to talk to yeah. each one of them and get them set up with their particular service provider. Because Australia is um, the one, isn't it? Kind of that, that such a big country, you know. Yeah, some of the um, some of the providers in Australia. I mean, someone said to me the other day they'd had people calling in to the Australian yeah. emergency services. They said people from Europe uh, using yeah. three-word addresses. So, yeah, it's it's obviously happening. I think it's just a case of you you really want to have as many as possible. So, you know, in the UK, I think we have just over half now of the emergency services who are sort of officially set up to receive three-word addresses, and we, we would love to to get them all if we can. Yeah, I guess the challenge is is trying to encourage people to use it. You can encourage the emergency services, but unless people know about what three words, then they won't be able to uh, to give them their three-word address. That's the thing. So part of what we do with everyone that we integrate with is that we do an awareness campaign. Right. So in the case of Mercedes, you know, there's there's a GQ magazine on this table. You'll see that they um, they literally took out adverts and put the three words in their ads to let people know that this was available in the car. The emergency services make pamphlets, they have huge followings on social media, and they tell people about it. So that is a big part of what three words. It's it's brilliant and incredibly useful, but you also need people to know about it, to try it, yeah. and then get used to using it in their everyday life. Well it's a bit like an Alexa skill, isn't it? You know, how do you get people to use an Alexa skill if they don't know exists, you know? It's, That's the thing. And so we just push try try by doing. So if what three words sounds intriguing, the first thing we say to people is download the app and then find the three word address for your front door. And it's just an intrinsically interesting thing to find that you didn't like, oh, I live at carrots, um, you know, crayon, banana. And then you move three meters down your down your driveway and you'll find that we've given two, three different words there. But at least it gets people understanding it. And then they understand, aha, my back garden has three words and the front drive has different three words. So I think that's that's the key for us is just education and getting people to try it. Yeah, no, definitely. So if you could go back and give yourself some advice in terms of the voice journey, what would it what would it be? It's yeah, that's an interesting one. I think I think a lot of the voice journey has been a good one. We we started working on voice, it was probably about three years ago, which is I guess before most of the recent wave actually actually started. And I think just because the voice tech was there to to take our three words and turn them into coordinates. I think we were maybe a bit ahead of the time back then. Mm. So we kind of had to just bide our time a bit and maybe you know we should have we should have waited a bit longer before suggesting to people that they put it in. But then I guess the moment that we got the first car integration with Mercedes that then brought up a whole load more integration as it feels like now is the actual time to spend more and more resource talking to people about voice whereas back then it was it was fairly hard to get the just the infrastructure wasn't there. Yeah. And guess the way that with a lot of the skills for the different voice assistants just the pathways that it can go down to go right I want to go down this skill and I want to call this thing so to actually get the three word address known in the correct part of that flow now there's so much more flexibility about how we can jump into anybody else's skill because we don't just want to have what three word skills we want to be a part of other people's yeah so it's I think it's about timing and I think that time is is now probably versus when we, we started it, but it was certainly no harm for us to just get to grips with what, what was going to come ahead. Because it kind of, it's similar to Alexa in a way that Alexa works, the third party integration is clearly part of Amazon's plans. They want the microwave, they want the Sonos, they want Alexa to be everywhere, you know, and, I, and it's, it's kind of similar. But the voice journey for me, because we've been doing this podcast now for 
12 months. So yeah. it's like 36 episodes. We've covered every single topic uh, known to man. And it's been a kind of, it's just fascinating because it's kind of clearly there. The stats are there. People have bought these devices. They're in people's homes. And it's just, we're just waiting for that killer kind of like skill or whatever to be created that like ignites the public consciousness. So it's, and it's going to happen. Yeah, and I think a lot of it's also about trust and, you know, in the same way that there are all these quotes like in the in the 90s and people going, no one will ever put their credit card on the internet. And, and of course, things change pretty quickly once you get used to it. It's been like when we first sort of mocked up, we've made an Alexa skill called Three Word Ride, which books um, an Uber to and from a three-word address. And it's actually fairly simple at the back end, what we're doing. But the first time we even tried it ourselves and we just did it with the Alexa device and said, um, you know, hey... Uh, let's book the Uber from word, word, word to word, word, word. And the emotional response you get is, that's awesome, it worked. Um, and that's with our own skill, but you still get the satisfaction and intrigue of going, huh, I just did something totally by voice. Yeah. It worked. And I guess that's the same journey that the consumers have to go through every time that you know we as consumers will try a new skill. It kind of feels still a bit different doing it with no screen, no, yeah. no visual verification. Yeah. But I think once we get through that, then voice will go bananas because everyone will just find it so easy and also well also my son is 11 and i took him back from football and he was using google assistant for search for stuff and i said is that what you and your mates do and he just said yeah yeah we don't type and i just observed it and of course he's 11 you know that's 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 where it's at and it just that kind of really had an effect on me actually i really thought that you know that that was that was quite interesting so cool i think you know that's pretty much thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and you're obviously doing an amazing job with what you're doing with what three words it's quite admirable and thank you very much so this you've been listening to the voice for voice podcast uh, recorded at what three words i'm garen john with will bradley and uh, thank you very much and same time next week thank you very much cheers pleasure thanks for having me guys